Hello, beautiful people. I'm Callie, and you're listening to Season 3 of the Girl Uninspired Podcast. The podcast where we talk about channeling our beings, finding our niche, and what we do about inspiration. I've been in a creative slump for a while, and I'm finally starting to pull myself out of it. I hope these episodes can inspire you to create more, or at least introduce you to some really awesome creators. Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy the episode. Hi, welcome to episode 8. I'm here with Raylan. Hi, Raylan. Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Doing great. So, um, I kind of want to hear a little bit about you, like your work, your schooling, um, that kind of thing. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I'm a student at Tech. I major in studio art and foreign language. Um, I just work at, um, I actually just started working at Fine Line Supply in Reston. And I work at the new coffee shop in town, Common Goods. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, and I'm just trying to grow my mural painting design endeavor in the restaurant right now yeah so um okay before i go into any other questions can you remind me what your sign is i'm sorry can you remind me what your sign is my sign is yeah like your capricorn capricorn that's right um okay so i know a little bit about your murals just because um, I've seen, like, what you post on Instagram. But can you go ahead and, like, talk about how you got into that? Yeah, so, like I said, I started working at uh, Common Goods, the new coffee shop bakery, and I'm actually really good friends with the owner, Emily Allen, and the other co-owner, Katie. Um, She, I mean, we worked together at, railway and we just got really close so even though I'm not part owner in the business I got to do a lot of work with them coming up with just the design and aesthetic of the shop um Emily had told me she wanted this to be a come as you are shop she wanted it to have lots of natural light lots that's what her mission statement was she wanted it to be a place where people can table together come in as you are um and so she wanted florals in her shop and I kind of ran with that design and put my own little flair on it Um, I like to use lots of bright colors lots of abstract shapes within to create depth Um, so that's what that one was Uh, and right now I'm working on a mural for there's a new spa in town or it's not new but they just moved it's called New Beginnings uh, the owner's name is Lucy, and she's fantastic, um, and she wants goals done, too, um, just talking about growth and new beginnings, so that's just a project I'm working on right now. That's exciting. So, how did I'm, you get into murals? Oh, um, I've been doing studio art, like I said, I've been studying studio art, and whenever Emily asked me to do the mural, um, at first I was really scared, because I was like, ah that's crazy um I just haven't done anything that big and I ended up loving it Um, I think I like 
painting murals a lot more than I do just on canvas. You use your whole body when you paint a mural. It's like you're constantly moving, constantly readjusting things. And I think I fell in love with the process of it. So that's that's so cool. I love that. Um so let's go into talking about your t shirts a little bit. Um okay. and your designing. So Okay. When did you decide that you were going to, like, design t-shirts? Okay, so when I was in high school, I actually raised money for a lot of my traveling, um, traveling things that I did. I don't, I don't really know what to say. Um, I played a lot of soccer, so travel soccer, whatever, came with expenses, and so I needed to raise money. And I actually made a t-shirt for my high school. And it, funny enough, it had a skull on it too. And yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> I think I'm really attracted to the skull aesthetic. But I started then designing t shirts and just as a way of making money. And I stopped. And now, um, just with everything that happened this summer with the pandemic, I need money for art supplies. You know, art supplies can get kind of crazy expensive. And so, I just made a couple of t-shirts, a couple of designs that I had already had in my kind of portfolio and my laptop, and I just kind of put it out there. I was like, if anybody wants to buy one, I'm going to do this. Um, Death before decaf is probably something that I have just been saying forever. Um, so I, I got into the coffee, I think, when I started um, – like I traveled to Costa Rica and I stayed there for a little bit. Um, I got to see the coffee farms and that got me into fair trade and that got me into all these kinds of things. So that's where that design came from, the death before decaf. Um, and then positivity and create creativity. It's also just been like a life motto of mine. Um, when the world just goes crazy. I mean, perfect example is 2020 world's been crazy as hell. Um, but I feel like positivity creativity that'll get us out you know yeah 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 yeah. um so i actually got the death before decaf shirt because it's so it's so cool um what what was your inspiration with designing the shirt Mm. i think like i said with the death before decaf one definitely my ties in costa rica seeing um the coffee farm, seeing all of the work that gets put into creating something that has been um, thought and made for like us as American consumers. Um, I think that that is, it has the potential to be something amazing. And when I started working at Railway a year ago, I learned how to do that myself. And I think I think I learned how how much technicality goes into it. And I know that sounds super crazy and probably a little bougie, like talking about like third wave coffee. But um, I think that if families are going to dedicate their lives to creating this little tiny bean for just for us as consumers, like the least that we can do is, you know, make it to the best of our ability and fair trade, um, giving farmers the, the respect of paying them what they deserve. Um, so that's something I actually want to do in the future is I want to go work for um, like doing 
marketing stuff for farmers in third world countries. But back to the t-shirt, that's definitely what inspired the death before decaf one. Um, yeah, that's it. Cool. Um, so you said that you designed shirt when you were in high school. How did you know, like, where to start? Um, I actually remember being in biology class, and I just started drawing a skull. (laughs) I know that sounds super weird, but I was drawing a skull, and then I started adding to it, and some classmates around me were like, oh, that'd be a super cool t-shirt for our school, and I thought about it. I went and got a couple of price quotes from some local t-shirt printers actually rusted uh rapid signs that's where i got my first shirts printed and uh i remember i honestly didn't think i was gonna make any money i just kind of put it out there and i was like hey if anybody wants one and it was awesome it kind of blew up in a weird way um it stayed pretty local but even people that weren't local wanted something it's, it's crazy how a custom printed and designed t-shirt from locals attracts so many different people. Um, yeah, but that's how it got started. Can you talk a little bit more about, like, how it grew? Um, did you say how it grew? Yeah. Okay. Um, I would say definitely sales probably grow more through social media now than they ever have. Um, People are always clicking and buying online. And I think that social media is a great tool in marketing because it, whenever you're trying to market your product and not so local people want local things, if that makes any sense. The fact that something is like handmade um, is unique and also intimate and people um really want that in their collection of things i think so using social media as a marketing tool helps it grow so much more than just spreading the word spreading the word helps too but definitely social media helped my t-shirt designs grow into what they are (laughs) Mm -hmm. so would you say there are any differences from, like, the first time you got your T-shirts printed and then, like, now coming back to it this time? Yes, definitely. I think that the first time I made T-shirts, it was the, the design that I thought of was for other people. Um, I didn't have as much of a connection to it when I was drawing it. I think it was just something cool that people wanted. Now I think that I'm designing things that that I'm passionate about um, and that that gives me more of a drive to keep creating too I think after I did the first one I took a long break after because I was like okay made the money goal accomplished now I'm um, I'm like making t-shirts for that I love that I personally love and I think that I'm able to market that brand better now that I personally love it mm-hmm. so what does the process of of making t-shirts look like so i mean obviously you've designed these shirts so what's the next step after that do you like have to buy them and then take them somewhere or does a company do all of that for you 
Yes, I'm actually using a local business, Tommy's Teas. Um, since the hurricane happened, my order's been a little delayed, um, but that's totally fine. Um, but after that, I I am ordering through them, but I'm hand tie dyeing the t-shirts for whoever wanted their tie dye because I think that that adds a little bit more of an intimate detail for people. Um, yeah, I, I really do care about local business, and so I want to keep. It local. Someone asked me the other day, they or they recommended that I use like Red Bubble or something, and I was like, no way, couldn't be me. <laughs> like, that's, I mean, that's super cool to like have it pre-processed and you don't have to touch anything. But I'm a bit of a control freak, so if there's <laughs> if there's a problem, I know that a local business I can go to and we can fix it right there. And again, like the intimacy of it, I think that keeping it local, it just yeah, you know, I think that it's there's more of that same um, theme that I'm going for. Yeah, that was that's something that I've kind of been focusing on this season is, you know, m- stressing the importance of buying local or buying small, um, just because that money goes directly to someone and you like you are supporting them in that sense. Um, yeah, I'm actually working on another project, not a t-shirt, but there's another piece that I'm working on that I'm going to work with a local photographer, and we are going to do some cool stuff around Ruston, so keep an eye out. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. Um, okay, so can you talk a little bit about, like, some struggles that you faced with, like, um your creative process, whether that be murals or the t-shirt process? Yeah. Um, the t-shirts, I think it's just a constant fear of like being a little vulnerable. Um, don't know if people will actually like your design, um, especially because this one was independent. So murals, I already have like a basis of what people want. They kind of tell me and I can add my own things into it, but this was this was a me thing, a me project. And so there was part of it where I was really scared to put my design out there because um, I didn't know, you know, if, what if people don't like it? You know, it's just a constant fear, especially, I know that you understand as an artist. Um, putting your art out there is super vulnerable. And I, of course, like I asked my friends and they were like, they love it, but you know, your friends are friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but after I did it, I think that, that I, I think that that's like the hardest struggle that I dealt with definitely in the t-shirts. Um, but after you get past that and the ball starts rolling, I it, it gets better. Mm-hmm. Um, did you like have any trouble with the murals of like, you know, being stuck on how to design them or like how to figure out how to use the material since it was like a new process definitely so I think I've been doing oil painting a lot before I started the mural I was doing a lot of oil painting and that I switched to acrylics um that was a weird transition just because things dry so so fast um so that was one difficulty. Two is definitely, like I said, you're working with someone else's idea and you want to bring their idea to life. 
but you don't want to compromise your artistic integrity. So it's always finding that middle line as well. Like you want them to love it, you want you to love it, obviously. Um, so I think that was a struggle too. Lots of back and forth, lots of planning going into the mural. Um, I think that those were probably the two biggest struggles. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned artistic integrity. What does that mean to you? Like, can you like t- try to describe that for the listener? Yeah. Um, to me, artistic integrity is deep down knowing that your work overall is from you, and it's your your style. You're gonna love it. You're gonna know that that's your style. You know, ten years from now, your style may change. You know, but it's when it's on a wall people are going to be able to say oh that's you know grace that's this other person's you don't want to compromise that because then even if you don't know it at the beginning you start to love it less it's less of a piece of you um so when i like i look at that mural i feel like a connection to it i have memories of the process that are ingrained in my brain forever some good some bad um but because so much of my style my soul (laughs) my weird brain just putting stuff on that wall it keeps that connection alive and so I think if you compromise your artistic integrity it's it's just it's just painting at that point Mm -hmm. so it's almost like giving up your vision just to completely like compromise and and do only what the other person wants yeah so you don't want to compromise your vision in any way you don't want to you don't want the consumer like you're you're the artist basically so you don't want to blur that line between just being a copycat you know, you don't you don't want to be a copycat. You want to create your own work, mm-hmm. and so you can very like someone can send you pictures of florals all day long, and you don't want to paint the exact thing. You know, you want yeah. your own flair on it. You know, yeah, and that goes back to you know figuring out your style and your originality. Um, exactly. You said something about you know one of the struggles you had was like hoping that people liked your design and being vulnerable um with like your brain and your ideas how did you learn to I guess look past that or like grow past that um I'm not gonna lie I think I I'll always struggle with that I mm-hmm. don't think it's a problem that's ever gonna go away I think it's more of a a get over yourself kind of thing mm-hmm. <laughs> like my my problems like my vulnerability isn't as important as putting this art out there mm-hmm. um, I think that that's that's another thing that I could get into also I think that everyone is an artist and I think that everyone's scared to put out their work but art would never be put out if people didn't just get over it no? Mm-hmm. can you go deeper into what you mean by you think everyone is an artist I think that art is less about talent um, and more about honestly just like doing the damn thing you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that everyone can be an artist 
I mean, if you look at art history, there's so many different ranges of um, of style, of media, um, installation. There are so many different forms of art out there. Interpretive dance, like every, like I think that there's a niche for everyone out there, but it is vulnerable. Putting any kind of art out there for yourself is so vulnerable. And I think for the art community and even like just the world of art, the history of art to advance and keep growing, people just have to learn to be vulnerable. It's not something that you're just going to start doing. You know, you're always going to be vulnerable because you're letting others not dictate, but they are, they're witnessing your art. And so they have their own opinions and you're giving people the free will to have whatever opinion they want Mm -hmm. about your art once you put it out there. Yeah. You know, you saying that kind of made me think about how a lot of times, you know, you can make art in private and be vulnerable in that moment. Um, But then I was thinking, I was thinking about how, like, if you're painting a mural, like, I'm sure people are, like, stopping to watch and, like, see how the progress is going. How does, how was that experience? Oh my gosh, it sucked. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even gonna lie about it. So, Emily, my friend, co-owner of Common Goods, she is very type A, and she had to watch me paint the entire thing from the skeleton of the mural to the end and at first she was questioning everything and this girl has probably never picked up a paintbrush to paint artistically in her life like aside from like painting like some color by number or something she is not there and so I was talking to her about like color theory and all of these things for the mural and she was just lost but she was like sure okay and then midway through, like, only half of it had been painting at that point, so not all the colors were there. And she was so honest with me. She was like, I don't see it. I don't see this happening. And I was like, you just got you to gotta trust me. If, if I finish and you hate it, we can talk again. But you just let me finish. You can't, you cannot, you can't look at it anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, that reminds me of something that you know our our painting teacher said about like a painting's got to be ugly before it can be good but also about like making sure you have this good communication with your client per se I mean of course in this case she's your friend but at the end of the day you want her to have a product that she likes 100% yeah that's that's interesting because, like, I, I'm imagining, like, other forms of, like, public, like, vulnerability, like, like you said, dancing or um, performance art, and it's just, it's easy to, it's easy to separate, you know, what do, what do people want to see, what do people want from me, what, what kind of art do they want me to put out, and what do I need, what do I want, what, what needs to come of this. Exactly. Yeah. Do you have anything to say about that? I just, I think it goes back to definitely don't, don't compromise your artistic integrity for the consumer. Um, I think that, you know, if, if we were all about the consumer, then our artistic brains would just turn into like Hobby Lobby or something, you know? Yeah. I think that art at the end of, Art at the end of the day should 
be about you and this is something that you're putting out and it should have a piece of your soul because that is what differentiates um you know artists our local artists in Ruston. that's what differentiates them from let's say i don't know you know those really cringy pre-printed um hobby lobby pictures you know mm-hmm. you you want it to be special you want your art to be special yeah I, I really liked how you how we keep coming back to artistic integrity because it's really easy to you know want something to be perfect and especially if let's say you're trying to mass produce um you know the same product it's going to have minor differences minor changes and so i I don't know. I think it's important to recognize that, you know, keeping your originality is important. So, can we talk about maybe, like, some creative influencers that you've had in your life? Like, um, people, places, things that kind of influence your style or kind of inspire you to keep creating? Um, sure. Uh, let me think. Hmm. I'm, I'm always been fascinated with biology. And I think that that's what kind of led to my skulls everywhere kind of thing. I just love them. And I also, in my paintings, have these cellular shapes, look like little blobs. And I think that that really comes from like my fascination of biology and like the harmony between those things um I think probably the professor that there's there's a couple of professors at tech that have just had an enormous um influence on me um Nicole Duet is I have so many notes in my sketchbook of things that she has said in class that has like transformed my way of thinking about art like my artistic integrity thing 100% from her um she <laughs> she said something in class one time and oh no now I'm not gonna be able to remember what she said but of course it was about artistic integrity and just honestly like doing the damn thing I think that's what she said she said do the damn thing and I was like okay writing that down <laughs> um Joey Slaughter uh he I was never really into woodworking or sculpture never really even thought about it after having him it's transformed my mind about art now i'm thinking about installation pieces and performative art um things like that so that's all due to him um i could go on whitney causey great person great teacher (laughs) Um, they've had tons of influences in because I actually came to college as a biology major (laughs) and I switched a week in I yes a week into college I was like I hate this I'm gonna do art (laughs) and I just went in with very little um like I had never thought about that as a career before yeah I knew that I loved it I knew that I had been painting and drawing and you know learning about it I I loved art history and so I was just like why the hell not let's try it out and 
stuck with it. I think that the entire um, tech art community is fantastic. They are hard when they need to be hard. They are understanding when they need to give you a little break. I, I think that, yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree. I, because I started as a biology major too. It, of course, it took me a lot longer to finally change over to art. But I mean, it took I'm me so almost. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> it took me like two years, man. Like, but because that's something that we're, we're not taught. Like, oh, like you can do art. Like you can be a professional artist. Like that is legit. And so once I once I pushed past that, that was when I like allowed myself to change. Um, but. It's the tech community, the tech art community is just so great and like they listen to you and it's 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 really nice. Um All right. So moving on, you mentioned earlier like you had some current projects going on. Do you want to talk a little bit about those and like maybe um some things that you're going through like trying to make decisions or whatnot um yeah we can talk about this so the new mural that I'm about to start working on I'm really excited for that one it's going to be similar to the one that I did for common goods um, but it's going to be a whole new thing because she's not my friend I'm actually like painting something as more of like a business thing um, and so now that I'm used to it, like now that I've done it once before, I feel a little bit more confident about it. Um, but I think I'm going to struggle again with, um, just, it's going to be a process and I'm preparing myself for it. Just going back and forth with Miss Lucy, who's the owner. Um, and then I am just back in class now. So a lot of the projects I'm brainstorming for I'm really excited um for Joey's and Joey Slaughter who I just talked about he has a sculpture class going on right now for installation I just had his first class today and I already have like a million ideas like Mm -hmm. I was driving leaving the class and I had to write him down I was like oh no oh no so as soon as I I got a coffee shop I was like okay I gotta scribble everything down I Um, love that just what's going on right now um, it's, that's, that's one of the things, now that you say that, is writing stuff down, so, I don't know, one thing I always thought was, like, oh, like, I'll remember that, like, I'll remember that idea, it's a good idea, it'll be worth remembering, no, like, get a notebook and write every single little Preach. thought you have, because yes. you can always go back to them, and then, like, I mean, I have a notebook right now. And it is just scribbles. Like, it, I, it, I mean, it's not neat in any way, but it's helpful. Like, it helps organize and it helps, like, get some ideas out. And I just take it with me everywhere. Like, I think it's important yeah. to just have something that you can write stuff down on because you never know when you're going to get an idea. So important, yes. So. Also, I think that I struggled with, okay, so, you know, as a, freshman art student they make you keep a sketchbook they check it off mm-hmm. I struggled so much with that but I think it's because I needed it to be neat I wanted it to be neat but then I realized 
this shit ain't neat. <laughs> my brain is not neat. Yeah. <laughs> so I think as soon as I accepted that my sketchbook was going to look like a complete dumpster fire, I was more likely to write in it. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, I wish I had my sketchbook right now. I would show you. Like, it's just mind maps everywhere. And I... I've learned that I also have to use different colored pens because then they all start to blur together. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. what What was I even thinking right here? But I love writing my, like, even just the idea of projects down because I forget things so easily. And then I'm stuck in bed at night and I'm like, wait, I know I had a fantastic idea, but it's gone now. Yeah. So, yes, I agree. Write every single thing down. Like, when Nicole said just do the damn thing I was like I've got to write that down I cannot forget that yeah yeah um it's funny that you say that about the sketchbooks because I also struggled with you know we had to do these assignments we had to turn it in we had to show our process and Mm -hmm. in every single one of those classes I'm just sitting I'm like I hate drawing like I don't want to do that that's horrible like that's not like what's the point of a sketchbook like I've got my ideas in my brain but I think what I learned last quarter was that the sketchbook doesn't have to be, like, pencil and eraser and paper. Like, you can literally just tear st- tear shit up out of magazines, paste it in. Like, doing um, color uh, planning, like, taking color aid paper and choosing colors and just seeing what looks good together or just making notes about, like okay, here's a picture of my project at stage one, here's a picture of my project at stage two, and at stage three, and then, like, like, making bullet points of, like, what has changed, what has happened, and, like, how, like, how that has influenced the final thing, so that was, that was something really big that I really wish someone would have told me when I was going into those classes, is, like, you you can just like it does not have to be pencil and paper definitely and I think it goes back to vulnerability too I think that one of the main reasons I know that I like I said I wanted it to be neat but it was also because I knew someone was going to look at it so I wanted everything to be perfect in the sketchbook but I think it was definitely a growing point when I realized that not every idea in this book has to be a good one um mm-hmm. I think Joey Sauter may have been the one that told me that he was like don't just just write random shit down <laughs> like yeah do all kinds of things and you can look back and think oh damn that was a bad idea and that's I mean that's okay that's what your sketchbook is for and so I do think that yes putting your art out there is vulnerable but your sketchbooks should be just as vulnerable it should be literally mm-hmm. every idea you have good and bad and that's why I love I am like 100% advocate for mind maps start out at a point and just start branching off and then eventually like where you started could be like eh, that's an eh idea you know then you get to the end and you're like oh yes I got it I got it now mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm interested to see like what some of these mind maps look for you like oh I'll send you some pictures awesome that would be like I'm just I I love learning about how other people think and like their processes um, okay, so is there something new, like, uh, a skill or a place or a project that you are, like, looking forward to learning about? Oh, 
100% installation. That's what Joey's class is all about. I'm so excited to learn more about that from him. Today, we actually went over just um, some installation projects that aren't uh, permanent. So they're more about like place, setting, time, um, and they have bigger ideas behind them, but they only last for 30 minutes or like they're very short-term sculptures. And I'm fascinated with that idea. And I think that that is something that I'm gonna tie into my next project. Cool, that's so exciting. Um, okay. One of the last questions, I promise. Uh, do you have any advice for the listener? Um, if this can be anything that comes to your mind, anything that you maybe wish you knew, or anything you would do different, um, with the knowledge that you have now. I would probably say keep your mind open to different forms of art. Even if, even if you're not an artist, keep your mind open to what, what kind of art attracts you, I guess. Um, like, so right now I'm actually taking another class. It's film appreciation just because I really want to, I don't want to confine myself to one specific um, type of art. And I don't think anyone should. I think they should always be dabbling in new things, always trying um, to widen their horizons, I guess would be a good thing to say. Um, but yeah, never never close your mind off to things that you want to try. Always be trying new things. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's that's great advice to like keep your keep your mind open and like don't don't just think, "Oh, I'm good at, you know, painting, so I'm only ever going to do painting." Like try ceramics, get your hands dirty, like do string art, do felt art, yeah. just do random shit. <laughs> yes, and I think I was so closed off to the idea of doing something different because I was scared. Like I knew that I was good at sketching I knew that I was good at just like drawing with ink that's it so that's all I wanted to do um but then you know I started you know that's what I love about the tech art program it makes you branch out Mm -hmm. and I came to painting and I loved painting I definitely wasn't a natural at it (laughs) but that's what I think I think that art is 100% a challenge for everyone I don't think that you can get by on talent alone I think that like I said, anyone can be an artist. Yeah. Um, okay, last thing. Where can the listener find you on social media? Um, on Instagram, at Raylan Tedditon. I'll go ahead and spell that for you. R-A-E-L-Y-N-N-T-E-D-E-T-O-N. I know it's a mouthful, but that's it. That's great. And then on that account is also your link to your art account. Uh, so I actually, so I had an art account, but I realized that I am the worst at keeping up with it. So now I'm just going to post on my regular one. So, I mean, you can follow my art account if you want, but there won't be any posts there. So just okay. follow my regular one. And <laughs> the, um, are you still selling shirts on your Insta? So I am not, that was a pre-order, um, but I did go ahead and order extra. So they will be for sale. I am going to try to set up shop in a couple of local businesses in Ruston, Fine Line being one of them, and uh, Common Goods. Awesome, awesome. So if you are local to Ruston, you can check out those places and 
maybe get yourself a shirt by Raylan. Um, I am excited for the death by de- a death before decaf <laughs> shirt. I'm I'm so excited. I love um, I love getting like things that my friends made. It's just it's just a warm fuzzy feeling. Um, kind of. Thank cheesy, you. I'm excited. Um, well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, no problem. I've really enjoyed it. <laughs> like this has been this has been great. This is wonderful, awesome. And thank you for listening. Hey lovelies, you just listened to an episode of the Girl and Inspired podcast. Thank you so much for listening, for your time, and I really hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you for supporting me on my creative journey. And if you enjoy the episode, you can follow us on Insta at the Girl Uninspired Podcast. There's an underscore in between every single word. If you have questions, concerns, content, other, you can email me at CallieKRobbins3 at gmail.com. That's Callie, C-A-L-L-I-E-K-R-O-B-B-I-N-S 3 at gmail.com. Bye.